Welcome to episode 10 of the Imperial Rebel Orc podcast. On today's show, I'm talking about world building um, in a physical sense and also in the fluff sense, the storytelling sense. Pick up the brushes, pick up the paints, pick up the models and crank the music because it's time for the Imperial Rebel Orc podcast. Now, before we get started, I uh, just wanted to let you know I have a background in music, so sound quality is quite important to me. Um, and what I've found with recording podcasts, with this one and also my other one, Fly on the Wall podcast, with my big with my big friend Big Was, <laughs> um, um, we find that in the car is a natural sort of studio because it's a compressed sound; it's a dead space. So. Usually that works really, really well, but today uh, it's raining. So you might hear a pitter patter and a bit of a crackle, but I think my dulcet tones are coming through nice and clear still. Can you hear that? Yeah, a bit of pitter patter. I hope it doesn't annoy you, but let's just focus on me. I've had quite the imagination uh, for you know, the longest time since I can remember, since I was a little kid. Um, I, I didn't have, I had sisters, older sisters, but they certainly weren't interested in playing any games with me um, unless it involved some kind of torture. Um, <laughs> uh, and yes, I had friends, but I don't know. I always sort of preferred, I mean, I went out and hung out with my friends when I was a kid and we'd climb trees and get into mischief and all sorts of things really. But, but I didn't really play with my toys with them because I don't know about you, but there's nothing worse than when you're playing with toys with someone um, and they don't play the same way as you. Like I liked, you know, say with Matchbox cars, I liked like driving them around and they'd flip and they'd crash and stuff like that. But I do a lot of slow-mo work, you know, slow motion <laughs> and like do a big screeching around the corner and then the car would roll or whatever. Whereas like a lot of my friends were just really rough play and just like pick up the cars and smash them together or throw them, or I don't know. And the same with soldiers, like, instead of like, I would get right into it, toy soldiers, and, and be shooting each other, and being very, almost cinematic with them, even when, <laughs> when I was like six or seven years old. It was all very cinematic. There was explosions and big shootouts and all that kind of thing. Um, but my friends would do that thing where they'd have like a German soldier, they'd push it over to where my Americans were, and then knock down my soldiers with their soldier, as if to say, bang, 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 I've shot them, but they're actually physically knocking them down. And I didn't like that. Don't do that. Now, despite what you might think, I didn't sulk about it. I didn't sort of go, I'm not playing soldiers with this kid ever again. But I kind of did make a mental note to be like, uh, okay, yeah, this kid isn't great to play toys with. I prefer to play toys on my own. And that would happen time and time again. It was very rare if I found, actually there was one kid who sort of had the same sort of ideas and imagination as me. His name was Simon. Um, and yeah, uh, yeah, he played well with the toys. So I was like, yep, okay, you're part of my gang. Anyway, so what I'm getting at is that I was quite often on my own, doing my own thing, lost in my own imagination, lost in my own little worlds. 
Um, it could have been a He-Man world. It could have been a G.I. Joe world. It could have been Transformer world. It could have been Matchbox car world. Whatever world it was of toys. Star Wars, that was a big one. Yeah, but I, you know, came up with my own adventures, set my own little scenery things up. It could have been, it could have been stacks of books or, you know, an old, my sister's old doll's house or whatever, you know, like whatever I could really find. And the whole, eventually, the whole house would become my sanctuary, but also my playground. So, so <laughs> like mum still laughs today about finding little plastic army men, men inside the freezer. And I'd be like, my mum, don't take them out. They're being tortured. Or like dad would find them in the, he'd go around and like water the plants inside and he'd find them, find soldiers at the base of the plants. You know, they're scouts, they're scouts on lookout. Um, <laughs> and much to their annoyance, they would often stand on these little buggers as well. But anyway, so yeah, world building has been a part of my play, a part of my psyche, whatever you want to call it, for a really, really long time. It's it's escapism as well, I suppose. But I don't know. I I, I have to immerse myself in it, and it and it that that goes with. Um, all my other hobbies as well with music, I have to immerse myself in it, get lost in it to really enjoy it. I can't just go, oh, just uh, spend half an hour doing this. I need to, when I do something, I go all out. It's got to be all in. I start, like if I write a song, if I'm inspired by someone like Tom Waits, for example, big fan of Tom Waits, um, then I'll, I'll, you know, immerse myself in that kind of vibe. So writing very dark, twisted um, um, symbolic type lyrics and all that kind of thing. As I've mentioned in previous episodes of the podcast, converting and kit bashing are my favourite things. Without doubt, that's that's my passion when it comes to the hobby. Do, sitting down doing that kind of thing is just is just the bee's knees for me. Um, but as, but second to that, I would say it is the world building. It is the like, and I mean that in the physical sense. So so building terrain to suit a certain vision that I might have, like the most recent one being Hellgate. And I envisioned that to be a hot planet, like a, um, a dark but hot planet. So therefore, with the basing and with the terrain building and all that kind of thing, I, I, I'm looking at burnt umber as a color. I'm looking at reds, um, you know, like, yeah, fiery. I want it to be fiery without being on fire. <laughs> I guess kind of like, the Mars setting, but a lot grimmer and darker than that, you know? As much as I'd like to have in a perfect world a whole bunch of different terrain for a different setting, a different planet, a different town, whatever, uh, you know, like space, even though I do have a lot of space, I'm very lucky, but space is still something I need to be conscious of. So I can't just, you know, have a Wild West setting, have an ice planet setting, have this setting there. You know, the list would just go on and on and on. So it does need to be, when I build terrain, when I build, uh, do the bases and stuff, it does need to be, I don't like the word generic, but it needs to be versatile to an extent like it doesn't really i mean some people get really hell-bent if they're playing on a, a desert map or mat i should say um and it's a sandy color then they want all their bases to be sand and now i i get that i understand that but the amount of like uh, different worlds that i imagine i don't know i can't 
I can't really accommodate that. So you have to sort of just go, well, yeah, look, they've got, you know, green grass bases, but they're working, but they're playing a game or they're, they're situated on a desert planet. And not ideal, but as far as photos and, and visually, you know, when, you, when you're standing there playing the game. But I don't know, you kind of got to look past that, I think, to an extent, because there's only so much we can do. However, in my opinion, it's absolutely vital to try and make the setting the or the setup as believable as possible, you know? Like, so it's got to be fully immersive for me. You've got to look at it like, you know, there's nothing wrong with if you want to have a quick war game or something, then there's nothing wrong with setting up books as to be buildings and, or, or mountains. And, you know, if you're, if you're more focused on just having a game, then that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that, of course. But, but for me personally, I like to... I recently had a game with a friend of mine and um, we did... Uh, um, I called it the Battle of Okinawa um, because it involved orcs and Imperial Guard. And what I did, I had the desert uh, mat from uh, Games Mat EU. Highly recommend it. Brilliant. It's like a mouse pad, so really, really good quality. And the print is perfect. Um, I had that, and I also had a like an ocean mat. Uh, I've forgotten where I got that one from. The ocean mat is from Urban Mats, you damn fool. But but that's uh, you know it's just blue ocean you know it's cool so i had ideas of doing a pirate island which i still do have that idea but it's on the back burner at the moment but i so i combined the two mats so i created like a shoreline can you you're visualizing what i'm trying to say so you've got the sand and then you've got the blue next to it so it created like a basic shoreline and then i put you know uh like almost like jungle type terrain to try and um emulate um the islands of okinawa uh, from from the battles during World War Two, uh, obviously it wasn't exactly right, but looking at it, you could go, "Oh yeah, I see what you're trying to do," and that's that's really enough. You can't. Well, personally, I don't think you can get too bogged down in the nitty gritty details, especially with like fantasy Warhammer type games. I think if you're doing a um, a bolt action. Um, you know, um, I don't know, the desert battles of North Africa, then you might want to get a little bit more detailed. But yeah, I think there's, you know, as I said, there's only so much you can do without going nuts. I've got to say though, when I watch um, battle reports being played out on YouTube, for example, the more detailed and the more um, terrain and, you know, immersive it is, the more I enjoy it. If it's just a, a green piece of felt with some horses and some troops on it, it, uh, it doesn't it doesn't do much for me. And <laughs> I like the cinematic sort of approach. I like the that all the because I'm not a photographer, but I enjoy photography. So when I'm taking photos for my own battle reports, I don't want to see the kitchen in the background. I don't want to see chairs. I don't want to see cans of Coke. You know, I want to see um, a mountain. I want to see broken down fences with dead bodies. I want to. <laughs> I want to see trench lines with barbed wire and behind it like an explosion or some uh, a whole bunch of orcs charging the trench line. You know, like I, so it 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 really puts the viewer and me I'm the viewer as well and obviously when I look back at my own stuff it puts me in the scene <laughs> this must sound it must sound like madness to anyone who probably isn't in the hobby <laughs> so for me at least it's got to look the table or the setup or the diorama it's got to look believable it's got to be um 
based in realism to an extent. Of course, we're talking fantasy, so there might be a massive dragon standing on top of a, a burning barn, but you know, like it's it's got to be, it's got to look right. <laughs> I don't like using the word right either, because what's right to me might be not so right to you. But you know what I'm saying, guys? It's got to, it's just got to work. It's got to draw you in. So the same rules apply um, for the the fluff, for the storytelling. Now I'm like I'm no photographer, I'm no author, but I do enjoy writing. I, I always have. It's been something I've thoroughly enjoyed since I was a kid because again, it's that world building, it's that using my imagination, it's being creative, and yes, it's a little bit of escapism. I used to I wrote a whole series of stories. Uh, when I was a young fella, um, probably I started at about 11 or 12, and it was about this commando unit called the Rat Pack. And oh man, I just got it was so bloodthirsty. <laughs> uh, I wish I still had those stories because they were really, they were nuts. They were crazy. They were unbelievable. But it was, you know, I'm watching movies like Predator, Predator, and uh, Terminator, and Dirty Dozen, and Die Hard. And yeah, I was definitely influenced. So I'd write these stories about these command, this commando unit going on suicidal missions. And pretty much every time, they would always get shot up, like pretty badly. I remember one guy called Max, uh, Mad Max basically, um, he had his arm blown off in one story. So he, he built his own bionicle arm, um, mechanical <laughs> you know, arm, there and then. Like he had it blown off. But then he was still conscious and still able to go like, yeah, I'll just throw together some bits and pieces and make an arm to get through this mission. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> as, a, as a kid, as a 12-year-old kid, like, yeah, I was like, yeah, that's, you could do that. You could do that, you know. <laughs> I don't think my grammar and my spelling is that great, but I think without blowing my own trumpet, I think my ideas are good. I think my imagination is good, but sometimes I think, or I feel the delivery, uh, the written form doesn't always come across as, as well as I'd hoped, you know, just only because I, I feel, I personally feel I'm a limited, I have a limited vocabulary. <laughs> um, I'm not gonna, occasionally I'll go refer to thesaurus to find out what another word for, I don't know, dynamic is or something like that. But um, yeah, I, I do feel some limitations and I've often toyed with the idea of doing like a, uh, you know, online writing course or something. And that's, you know, something I, I might still look into later on down the track. But I think the passion is there and it's the same with, same with music, the same with photography. I love all these things. Um, but I'm not a master of them, n not at all, but I thoroughly enjoy doing them. Uh, I'm not classically trained with music, but I seem to, again, not trying to blow my own trumpet, but I seem to have a bit of a natural knack to hear rhythm, to understand where music should go and what it can do and, you know, all that kind of thing. So the storytelling aspect is important. I don't do it for every single model or every single army or every single um, project, but I'd say majority of them, majority of them I do. I might do one little, um, I might paint up one little in fi uh, figure for my Praetorian Guard Army, for example, and he might be a colonel, and I'll just give a bit of a backstory on him. I'll give him a name, and I'll give him a bit of a backstory 
just to I don't know, just to engage the 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 reader, I suppose, and make them think about him and why he's there and why he's missing a leg or <laughs> whatever it is. And yeah, I don't know. There's like little synopsis, this little sort of um, backstory or whatever you want to call it uh, for these characters makes them. <laughs> Again, this is going to sound crazy. It makes them more believable, makes them come alive for me, makes them um, become this character who you might follow through different battles and war games and stuff like that. And the same thing applies to terrain or, um, you know, the, the, the setting. You want it to be believable, uh, you know, visually, but you also want it to, like, why is it, why is there a broken down temple? Why is there uh, a wizard's tower um, that's all burnt out? Like, what's the story there? Sometimes I think it's good not to fill in all the blanks. I think it's good to, you know, for the for the reader or the viewer to look at it and sort of they use their own imagination to come up with stuff. But because I enjoy the writing so much, yeah, I almost like can't help myself but go, yeah, this is what happened and this is why it looks like this and, you know, here we are now and this is what's going to happen next. In the grand scheme of things, I do have uh, ambitious <laughs> plans to sort of tie all these things in together. Um, so if I'm, say if I'm talking Warhammer stuff, it's all in the same world, or say, I should say the same universe, and this is how you connect all the dots. So having a book one day, possibly with all the pictures of all the armies and characters and stuff like that that I've done, with all the backstories, um, and the fluff, whatever you want to call it, put in there as well, it'll be one big cohesive book that someone can flip through and go, wow, Luke is insane. <laughs> Am I not pretty enough? Is my voice too broken? Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't see you there. You're listening to Imperial Rebel Org Podcast. Time for another hobby spotlight. This time it's on another YouTuber. The last time I did one was on Luke's apps. Can't remember what episode that was, episode four, I think. Uh, but in episode 10, we're talking about midwinter minis. He's a YouTuber, he's a hobbyist, he's been at it for about 20 years, I believe. Um, however, he only looks very young, so maybe he started at birth, I don't know. This bloke does everything from how to speed paint Blackstone Fortress minis um, that he did recently, particular favorite of mine, to old school, you know, how to paint old school Gretchen. Um, he does unboxing, he did a, uh, uh, a 40k uh, edition number two unboxing a little while ago, which was quite cool and probably appealing to some of you who are more into the old school type minis. Um, and yeah, he also does videos on how to eat Marmite. He has his own, <laughs> which is quite funny. Um, he has his own music as well. Uh, as I mentioned uh, a few times, I love listening to music while I'm painting and building and it's all very dark and grim sort of music and that's exactly what his is as well. So I've added his songs to my playlists too. Um, yeah, he delivers, he delivers his YouTube in a really nice way. He's got one of those voices that you could just keep listening to. Like it's, he's got dulcet tones, let's say. Um, he's, he's English, so he's got the English charming accent, which some of us uh, possess. Um, <laughs> and yeah, he, he is very professional, but very, 
I don't know, like, oh, what's what's the term? Like user-friendly, like you, you feel like you're there with him and he's just explaining things to you. He's done videos on weathering. He also did a video on how to make um, MDF terrain, you know, MDF buildings look awesome, like look much better than they generally do. Um, I quite like MDF buildings because they're, well, they're cheap and <laughs> they're easy to put together and all that kind of thing, but they sometimes lack a bit of character. They, yeah, they don't, I don't know, they just don't, they look like MDF buildings, you know, they don't look like the, the beautifully designed and printed uh, resin or molded resin sort of terrain. But his tutorial on how to make it look more, a lot more awesome is actually very, really, really good. So I recommend that one. Look that one up. Be sure to check out his uh, one of his personal armies as well, um, the Sandstone Necrons. They're really cool and, and have definitely, I, I have high hopes of doing a Necron army later on down the track, but you know what? I, I've never liked what the Games Workshop standard Necron looked like. Like, Yes, they you know look a bit Terminator-ish, I suppose, which is kind of cool. But I don't know. I, I think they, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I know they're supposed to just look like robot minions, but his ones, uh, Midwinter Minis. He's done sandstone. He's used the Agrelin. I think it's called Agrelin Earth. So he's got this sort of like dried, cracked, sandy earth across all of them. And it just looks brilliant. It looks like they've, as the story, the backstory tells us, looks like they've literally just come out of the sand and are ready to rock and roll. Really, really cool. So make sure you, make sure you check that out. There's also quite a lengthy uh, video he's done. I think it goes for about 40, 45 minutes um, on how to paint uh, very much like John Blanche. Now, um, some might say it's a little bit sacrilegious, <laughs> but it's actually a really, really good video that I highly recommend. Um, and again, if you don't know who John Blanche's, you know what to do. Go and look in the mirror, slap yourself in the face. So that's Midwinter Minis. Um, his YouTube count, account is the one I predominantly sort of go and gawk at and stare at and watch one after another. But he's also on Facebook, he's also on Instagram, and I dare say he's probably on everything else as well. So Midwinter Minis. Look him up, guys. You won't be disappointed with him. Victory slipped through our fingers the moment Horace chose to reach into the dark and something reached back. We sacrificed our ambitions on the altar of his hubris and when he fell, he dragged us all down inexorably with him. And not just Horace Fulgrim as well, and Angron, Magnus, Lorgar, the gods you worship are nothing save lies hidden behind masks of folklore and superstition, interdimensional cancers, their mindless hunger confused for sentience amongst the lost and the damned. So what have I been up to in the beloved hobby? Well, it's it's yeah, it's Hellgate. I'm I'm enjoying myself so much because I get to use my own imagination to its full extent. I've got lots of ideas, lots of pieces coming. Um, keep an eye on Instagram for all my work, or uh, jump over to the the blog as well, ImperialRebelOrc.wordpress. I'd love to hear what you guys have been up to or if you want to give me some feedback on the podcast so far, that would be much appreciated as well. You can email me, imperialrebelorc at gmail.com. 
You can also contact me via the blog, which is Imperial Rebel Orc over on WordPress. You can also follow me, comment, DM me on Imperial Rebel Orc over on Instagram. In my next episode, episode 11, I'm hoping to have my first interview. So look out for that. I guess I just wanted to find my feet a little bit first, you know, get warmed up to the whole podcasting thing in the hobby world. As I've mentioned, I do have another podcast that I'm involved in um, called Fly on the Wall Podcast. I put that together with my very close friend, Big Woz. Um, So you can find that on all the usual platforms as well. Until until episode 11, stay safe and uh, yeah, be good to yourselves and keep painting, keep building, keep having fun. You've been listening to The Imperial Rebel Podcast.